0: Uh, King says, uh, he, he argues for a, a restoration of, uh, you know, a, a revolution of values that, uh, you know, that, that would change the way that, that societies um, uh, conduct their foreign policy, basically. He says, uh, quote, a genuine revolution of values means in the final analysis that our loyalties must become ecumenical rather than sectional. Every nation must now develop an overriding loyalty to mankind as a whole in order to preserve the best in their individual societies. This call for a worldwide fellowship that lifts neighborly concern beyond one's tribe, race, class, and nation is in reality a call for an all-embracing and unconditional love for all mankind. This oft misunderstood, this oft misinterpreted concept, so readily dismissed by the Nietzsche's of the world as a weak and cowardly force, has now become an absolute necessity for the survival of man. When I speak of love, I am not speaking of some sentimental and weak response. I'm not speaking of that force which is just emotional bosh. I'm speaking of that force which all the great religions have seen as a supreme unifying principle of life. Love is somehow the key— that unlocks the door which leads to ultimate reality. This Hindu-Muslim-Christian-Jewish-Buddhist belief about ultimate reality is beautifully summed up in the first epistle of St. John. Let us love one another, for love is God, and every one that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Let us hope that this spirit will become... The order of the day. Um, oh yeah, one further, one further quote here. We can no longer afford to worship the god of hate or bow before the altar of retaliation. The oceans of history are made turbulent by the ever rising tides of hate. History is cluttered with the wreckage of nations and individuals that pursued this self defeating path of hate. And what, um, you know, so, so he's referring here to, you know, Vietnam, imperialist wars, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you know, nuclear Armageddon and so on. But what, what immediately jumped out to, to my mind and what unifies, you know, the sort, sort of like realpolitik mode of thinking and this, you know, sort of Christian, you know, Muslim-Jewish-Buddhist fellowship type of thinking is climate change. Um here's an area where we absolutely do have to recognize you know the the you know the fellow the fellowship of all mankind um because we all of us in the world have to take action together to reduce our emissions um and we and and you know to to get to take a sort of narrowly cynical view of it that like Oh the United States is only 15% of global emissions and so that um cutting them will you know just allow China to steal a march on us and so we shouldn't you know it's not it's 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 false in its own terms but it more importantly just sort of just says like well i guess we got 30 more years or so of uh, driving around in SUVs and then we're all fucking dead.
1: Well, yeah, but that's the thing. Like you say that we need to, we do need to, but will we? That's the question. Because King points out the death wish that Americans seem to have as embodied yeah. in how their government acts on their behalf. And so so it's it's not at all clear that just because like existential threat to the globe – is the condition under which we live, that that will lead to the kind of clarity of vision, even though it's right in front of you. Here's what's the threat. Here's what you need to do. You can't treat each other or other countries as if you're not in it together. Like, that's why we need the prophetic voices of those who would, under any circumstances, help us see what's needed. Uh And we need it, strangely, more than ever, even when it's more obvious than ever what's needed. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, you... You need it and this, you know, and this to me is where the Christianity comes out. Uh, you know, the idea of, you know, love love your neighbor, love your enemy as well. Um because, you know, the number one people we're gonna have to negotiate with to to do some sort of a climate diplomacy, climate arrangement is the, the, the damn Chinese communists. Oh see, it's are- funny that
1: you said that. I, I was thinking I was thinking, oh, I have to I have to I have to I have to love the capitalists, damn it. Uh, <laughs> well, they are
0: capitalists. I mean that's Also a, those, they're, yeah, they're, no, but you know, it's yeah. a total fucking bullshit theory. That's true. But them and the, and now India is in the grips of these uh, you know, it's Fascist. Like, yeah, and yeah. even even them, you know, you can't afford not to, you know, uh figure at least, you know, maybe not to say like, oh, you know, we're going to be buddy buddy forever, but like on this issue We all have to recognize our common humanity, even the countries, especially the countries. I still think you're
1: approaching it in such a rationalist way that I don't think that can work. Like, I think... Well that's why you
0: need the moral yes, vision. You need the brotherhood of man because otherwise right. it's like you need, like, the, uh, you,
1: we'll need you need conversion, you need transfiguration, you need the spiritual prophetic voice of a Dr. King to yep. to wake everyone up and realize, no no no, this actually your brother and sister. Like like I don't care what you see, color or race or ethnicity or nationality. This is you over here, a different form of you. And until people are moved that way, and that's why like a true socialist Movement, uh, and I think what separates Bernie Sanders to the extent that like electoral politics can can inspire non electoral movement and then change cultural and psychological and individual forms of being and ways of lives uh, of living, it's a call for international solidarity. It is that call, like King makes in this Vietnam speech, which is to treat the dispossessed, the marginalized your brothers and sisters around the globe as if they are in your family. Right. And that is something we need to do. Um, and so the, the war in Vietnam or imperialism, he writes is a symptom of a far deeper malady with the, within the American spirit. And I think that's a way to think of it because he's also talking about domestic policy and he's also talking about the ways in which we need to figure out that root spiritual death march that we have to kind of like, if if sin is to miss the mark, and if you think of like moving towards or away from the good as the kind of spatial metaphor for for the soul of the country and the soul of the being, we need to kind of have a movement that directs each person and directs us uh, nationally, locally, globally. Towards love and solidarity and selflessness and sacrifice and away from domination and death and destruction. Cause that death drive is there and people find that they, they are formed to love the wrong things, to love death, to love power, to love domination. So like yeah. let's buy into all the forms of political movement, of cultural, um whatever whatever expressions of love, solidarity, equality, freedom help change and transfigure people. That's what we need to support. We need to fight and combat and speak out against all the forms of domination that move people towards that death drive.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And 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 I think you know, again, King King shows the 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 you know the limits of the kind of realpolitik vision. You know, um, um, because you know, I, I I thought for a number of years that China was was just going to start going really hard on renewable energy, but. Um, you know, as Trump has pulled back from the, the Paris Accords and what whatnot, so have the Chinese. You know, they, they have proven themselves unwilling to uh, uh, really wrench themselves away from coal power because, you know, it, it's it's a very inconvenient. And, um, you know, it's like, oh, the U.S. isn't doing anything. There's a lot of ways that you can make an excuse for that. Um, and. You know, the thing about the realpolitik way of thinking about stuff, you know, the, the, the sensible, moderate, you know, kind of cynical way is that it's, it's bloodless, it's lifeless. And, and you know, to, to take on a gigantic task like climate change, you know, you need some fire, you know, some brimstone, you, you need a, a, a moral commitment um to break through the crust of status quo and and all the you know powerful people who are profiting from like the current system to to say not that just like uh you know uh excuse me uh if if uh we are 30% of global emissions and uh Shanghai is going to be under 20 feet of water in a century uh so maybe we should think about doing something i was like no or
1: or <laughs> in one of the thousand bloodless debates for the democratic primary uh, Amy Klobuchar was was asked about climate change, and I think in I don't know if it was in the question or someone else's answer, discussing like displacement and how people are going to have to like mo- you know move from the coasts and all these like tremendously significant changes to how we live. Uh, she basically says, well, I don't know if people have to move from their homes, but we'll have to make some changes. And at this, in the same breath, she called it an existential threat. So like she had the rhetoric of existential threat, but like, Oh, don't be scared or don't worry. Really. It'll be fine. Nothing bad will really happen. You won't even have to move, you know? (laughs) And and so like, that's the kind of the white moderate that, that King hated was the kind of white moderate who was comfortable enough. Didn't want to rock the boat who, uh, sees in some ways the threats but doesn't really feel viscerally and understand truly the nature of the threats i think
0: yeah yeah and you know political centrism here is just is 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 uh, just going to cre- create armageddon you know and and you can already see it happening in the move from uh you know we we need to you know well the the radicals are exaggerating how bad it's going to be, you know, like, well, we we can do natural gas as a bridge fu- fuel, you know, we can build lots of pipelines, you know, we need all of the above energy strategy, um, says Obama. Uh, and then when the disasters start hitting, it's like, well, I guess we're just going to have to abandon Miami. Sorry, Florida. <laughs> Sorry, every coastal community under, you know, 50 feet. Um, you're, you're, you're fucked and we just have to make moderate, sensible goals to destroy like a hundred trillion dollars worth of, uh, wealth. That's the end of the preview folks. If you want to hear the whole episode, you can go to patreon.com slash left anchor. Thanks for listening.